This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. All right, so this morning, I feel like the... The Lord has given me a topic, and it's such a familiar topic, okay? It's something that if you've been in Sunday school all your life, you probably had the little bulletin boards, right, that you put the, you know, the pictures up, and it, but we're going to be talking about Lazarus this morning. I'm going to be talking about Lazarus, and the title of my message is Get Up, Walk. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, get up, <laughs> not really, <laughs> and walk, okay? You can, you can stay seated. <laughs> But anyways, I am so thrilled and excited to bring this word to you today. And I ask that you'd bear with me. I have quite a few verses today, but it'll be the context of the story. And sometimes with this story, you have to read the entire thing. And uh, I, t- I truly believe that in this passage. But we're going to be starting in John 11 and starting in verse 1. And it says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. I'm sure you could could think of it right now. They were pleading to him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected, Rabbi. They said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there Again, we see another question being offered from the disciples, right, against what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they had no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and I will wake him. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping... He will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. Nobody's sleeping in here this morning, right? All right. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died when he said that. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twins, said to his disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Everybody say four. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When, Mary got, or when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you only had been here, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. So like I said, we're going to be talking about Lazarus this morning, right? We're going to be talking about Lazarus this morning, and I am excited about it. But, you know, this story is about death and life. This story is about death and life. It's not life and death. 
right? It's death and it's life because if you say life and death, that's mixing up the true order. In this biblical account, it's death and it's life. The story from the perspective of Jesus may be nice and easy to handle, but I think we get quite a different picture if you put yourselves in the shoes of Mary or Martha or even Lazarus. You know, when I'm reading passages and when I'm reading scripture, I like to put myself in the shoes of the, of the people, right? Because you get the perspective that they have. So I want us to really wrestle with what, would have been, what it would have been like for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus as they waited. <laughs> and they waited. Everybody look at your watch, right? They waited for Jesus. They waited for him. You know, and God kept them waiting. So let's just be perfectly honest here. In the first half of John 11, at the very beginning of the story, Jesus received word from someone and a couple people whom he loved, right? And somebody that he loved dearly was sick. So Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were personal friends of Jesus, okay? They went to Starbucks together, right? If you're friends, you go to Starbucks because it's expensive, okay? But they were very, very, very good friends. They were personal friends of Jesus. They had spent time together before. You know, this isn't just some regular request that Jesus received often, okay? Because people knew that he had miracle power, right? And some stranger would walk up to him, maybe had never met Jesus before, and said, I need healing, right? I hear that you are a healer. They were his friends. They were asking him for help. You know, but Jesus didn't immediately re respond. He stayed where he was. I'm being serious this morning. It talked about it in the scriptures, right? He stayed right where he was. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus knew that, you know, he had done these things for other people before, okay? He performed miracles. But as each day went by, they likely wondered, would he come this day? Would he come today? They probably questioned why he wasn't there. I mean, you could probably, like I said, put yourself in their shoes, Okay. As each day passed, they probably got a bit more frustrated, angry maybe. Maybe they waited at the window like a child, right? Saying, Jesus, is, oh, please coming. Maybe looking out every couple minutes. So let's just take a minute to ask, why didn't Jesus go? Why didn't Jesus go? Why did he leave his friends to wait? You know, if you consider things from our natural, our human perspective, I think there's probably some reasons and a good sense that we can get as to why Jesus didn't go. First, maybe Jesus didn't go because he was busy. He was busy at that particular moment. I mean, it's Jesus, right? It's Jesus, okay? He had a pretty full schedule. I, I'm sure of it. But can you think of any different problems with this theory? You know, Jesus had spoken miracles from a distance, before he had spoken from a distance before in Mark chapter seven, we read where Jesus said the word and the demon left a woman's child without the child even being close to Jesus in that moment. In John four, an official asked Jesus to come heal his child. And Jesus says what? He says, go, your son will live. And he did live in Matthew eight and Luke seven. Jesus was willing to go. All right. He was willing to go and heal a centurion's servant. But the centurion said, Jesus, you don't even need to come the distance to do it in person. Just say the word, and I know that the miracle will happen. 
And it did, right? It did. So even if Jesus was busy, couldn't he have just ordered that Lazarus get up and walk, right? Be healed, right? When the messenger, you know, informed him of that illness. Of course, he could have done it. He, he had already done it before. Secondly, perhaps Jesus didn't go because he knew some people in Judea were out to kill him. You know, in order to protect his own life, because his time had not come, yet come to die, right? He needed to stay away from that area. You know, the physical threat of Jesus against Jesus' life was real. It was happening. But then what do we do with the other stories like in Luke 4, John 10, those previous chapters? At those moments, Jesus was right in the middle of a physical confrontation. And we know that. He passed through their midst or he slipped away or he, he may have escaped from their hands, right? He escaped. It was definitely within the realm of possibility for Jesus to do that again. He could just escape, escape out the back door. They would have never known. But just to go and see Lazarus and heal him. You know, if trouble came knocking, they could have done some sort of uh, Jedi mind trick or something like that, okay? They could have let Jesus know, right? And he could have been saying, oh, this isn't the Jesus you're looking for, right? He could perform miracles. He could do these great things. But you could also make the case that depending on how you look at it, God has terrible timing or sometimes impeccable timing. I'm going to say that again. You know, you can make the case that depending on how you look at it, God has terrible timing, or sometimes he has impeccable timing. You could make the case from certain scriptures that, that God has terrible timing in this, like the one we're mentioning today, that it took four days, or the, you know, the fourth watch of the night, just before the, the dawn. It's a terrible time to, to calm the storm. It seems, though, that God is waiting for the exact time, the right moment in your life and my life, that he could achieve the most glory out of the situation that we're stepping in. You know, there was a waiting for restoration of something that they had lost. Hmm. I love that word, restored. <laughs> it's one of our mottos of the church. But basically, there is not a good logical reason for why Jesus did not heal Lazarus except that. He gets approached on behalf of his sisters who were his friends. They weren't some just acquaintance, right? They were friends of his. Jesus had let them waiting for days. However, when you know, we get to verses 5 and 6, it says this. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. What's so shocking about that? There's two letters. Two letters, and it's S and O. S and O, the very first part of it. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. It would make more sense if it said something like this. Jesus loved this family, but when he heard Lazarus was ill, or maybe it would have uh, been different if it said, Jesus cared deeply for them, yet he needed to stay for two more days. Or maybe it would have said something like this. Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters. However, he waited for two more days. But that's not, that, uh, that's not it. The original Greek word here is un, which means so therefore. So 
therefore. So again, put yourselves in the place of the dying man or his sisters who knew that they had this friend who could make miracles happen and they call upon his name and he could make miracles happen with just one single word from his lips, right? They knew it. They had sent for Jesus. They called out for, the, for Jesus, but yet because of his love for them, he waited. Because of his love for them, he waited. So this morning we need to seriously consider this uh, what, what this means, because apparently there are times when Jesus, out of his love for us, does nothing. He does nothing. You know, Jesus, as a result of his close friendship and the deep love that he had for these people, these three people, he chose to wait in the moment. And by doing so, he chose to let the pain linger, <laughs> that pain linger a little bit longer. You know, Jesus, out of his deep, all-consuming love for the three siblings, stayed right where he was at. You know, this is a major statement because of this, because we know that every single one of us will someday have grief, we'll have pain, we'll have, we'll have a doubt, we'll struggle a little bit. You know, and you'll have times when you cry out to God, and it seems that he's so distant from us. And if you missed my last sermon, go ahead and, and uh, listen to it online. It's called Deep, and you'll get a little bit more of the, that picture. But for two days, Jesus did absolutely nothing to help his friends. And then he said, let's go and see how Lazarus is doing. And then we get to verse 17, and Jesus arrives to find that Lazarus has been in a tomb for four days. This is interesting, though, because at this time in history... There was a pretty popular belief that after death, the spirit and soul of a person hover around, hovered around the body for three days, hoping to find a chance to re-enter the body. Now, this isn't what actually happens, right? It isn't a true belief. The Bible says that when we are done with our earthly bodies, then we are with, or we at home, with, or we're at with, uh, we're at home with God in everlasting life. You can find that in Second Corinthians five and eight. But even though it wasn't true, the idea of spirits hovering around bodies for three days was a belief that was common at this particular time. So if this belief was even in the back of Mary and Martha's mind, you have to think that while Lazarus was sick, they were probably thinking something like this. Where is Jesus? Didn't he get our message? Why isn't he coming? However, after Lazarus had died for three days, now listen to this, for three days, maybe there was still a shed of hope that our brother's soul is still hovering around somewhere. So if Jesus shows up, he can still make this miracle happen. But you need to understand something. Jesus didn't show up late here. He didn't show up late. He missed everything, right? He missed the sickness. He missed the death. He missed the funeral. He missed the burial. He missed the three-day window where the soul was hovering around, right? The picture here in verse 17 is not a picture where Jesus showed up fashionably late. He missed it entirely. You know, this didn't happen, though, by accident. It didn't happen by accident. Jesus strategically, strategically showed up after all hope was lost for a miracle in Lazarus' life. Jesus planned to miss all of this. And he showed up at a specific time, days after, right? Days later than when he was first asked to. So while you think of your own struggles this morning, you need to know that there may be times when God 
doesn't only let you suffer a little bit longer and allow you to face trials and persecution for the building up of your character, but sometimes he'll let things die. Sometimes he'll let things die. You know, Jesus can still be present, even in those moments. If things are going from bad to worse, he's still right there with us. For days they waited for him. For days they longed for him to just bring hope into their situation. Now in hopelessness, he shows up. So Mary and Martha say, Lord, if you had been here, my, mother, or my brother would have not died. I want you to consider this morning, everybody in here, to consider your if you had been here moments. If you had been here moments. I want you to consider that this morning. You know, while Lazarus was dying, Jesus waited. While the sisters called out for him, he paused for a few days. You know, this is not a picture of just have faith in Jesus and life will just be so easy. This is a picture of valleys. <laughs> valleys and chaos that life can throw at you. You know, even when circumstances cause you suffering, even when circumstance, circumstances cause you to struggle, even when things are, that are about you are dying, Jesus is still there. He's still there, right there with you. He's still got a plan. You know, for days, Mary and Martha and Lazarus had thought that the moral of the story was death. You can't count on God is what I'm sure they were saying. He'll just let you down. However, that was not the story that Jesus saw. We're going to pick back up in verse 22, and it says this. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will, will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside and, and from the mourners and, and told her, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were uh, at the house consoling Martha, or Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to, to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary uh, arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. It doesn't say little. It says deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby see how much we, he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled away across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the, the dead man's sister, protested, 
Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responds with this. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So you see, even now, God can raise the dead. Even now, big bold letters, God can raise the dead. He can breathe life into your horrible situation. Notice this statement that Martha made to Jesus. Lord, if only you had been here. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Even now, Jesus can breathe life into our existences. Even now, the Holy Spirit can create life out of death. Now here's something. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says, true, but that's not all. <laughs> That's not the end of the story, folks. Did you know Lazarus' name literally means whom God helps? Whom God helps. You know, Jesus tells Martha that this isn't, or this wasn't about raising up Lazarus on the last day, but this was about him being the resurrection and the life right now in the midst of a dead circumstance. You know, Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? This is something that Jesus will ask every single one of us at some point or another. Do you believe this? Jesus didn't ask, do you believe in what I can do? He didn't ask, do you believe in some miracles that I can perform? Jesus asked Martha and he asked us, do you believe in who I am? Do you believe in who I am? I am. Will you put your trust in who I am? They waited for him for days, right? Will you put your trust in who I am? Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I want you to hold on for a second. Did you notice something there that Jesus doesn't ask her, do you understand what's going on? Jesus knows that we don't understand our suffering. He knows we don't understand our grief all the time, our pain, our hurt, the death in our lives. We don't have to understand everything to believe in who he is, to have a little bit of faith. We don't have to have an answer for every question to just trust in him and trust in who he is. You know, Martha sent word for her sister to come and speak to Jesus. For a second, it seemed like they were going to have the same old picture, right? that we got with Martha, because Mary echoed her sister's words, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. You know, but something changed in this exchange that I want to pinpoint this morning. Something changed in this exchange with Mary. Jesus didn't tell Mary what he told Martha. Instead, Jesus, looking around, he saw not only uh, Mary, but a crowd of people who were grieving the loss of Lazarus. Grieving the loss of Lazarus. In verse 35, the Bible gives us that, that famous verse, right? Jesus wept. The smallest verse in the Bible. But it says, we have a God who weeps. That's what that tells me. 
We have a God who weeps. The one true God is not distant. He's not disconnected from our times of struggle and pain. He weeps. It's one thing to know that God exists, right? It's another thing entirely to know that he cares for you. He cares for me. You know, Jesus wept. You know, he didn't weep over Lazarus. And not uh, not out of grief for the loss of a friend because he knew what he was about to do. He knew what he was about to do. Jesus wept for the sorrow, for the brokenness, and the pain that the people felt at the time. That's why he wept. Our pain moves the very heart of God. Our pain moves the very heart of God. Our mourning causes God to mourn with us. Do you understand that this morning? (laughs) Jesus, help us, Lord. You know, God relates to us. Wow. God relates to us, and he stands with us in our pain. So you mean to tell me that God stands with me in my pain? I guarantee you that. If this last year and a half hasn't told me that, I don't know what will. But God stands in our pain with us. You know, after showing the personal pain that Jesus was experiencing, the miracle was ready to take place. So my question to you today, and we're going we're gonna to close here in a minute. Seth, if you can just come play something softly for me. My question to you today is, are you ready for miracles? <laughs> I don't think you heard me. Are you ready for miracles? Because I promise you I am. I promise you I am. Are we ready to see some miracles happen in this place, this place right here? You know, the same God that weeps with us is ready to perform bigger things than you could ever imagine. I can promise you that. I can promise you that this morning. You know, the moment that the tomb is open, Jesus commands for Lazarus, come out. Get up, walk. Oh, Jesus. You know, in his commentary on the New Testament, John Wesley makes an interesting observation Jesus not only spoke at the tomb as Lazarus was alive, but also like he was awake. I'm going to say that again. Jesus not only spoke at the tomb of Lazarus as he was alive, but also like he was awake. The power of Jesus was so instant in that moment that Lazarus was raised from the dead. The very moment that Jesus began to speak his name, the very moment that he said, Lazarus, get up, walk. He got up. He walked out of that tomb. The very moment that he's saying, Daniel, I'm ready for miracles. I'm ready for miracles. I hope you are too. I hope you are too. So what do we learn from Lazarus is being raised? I've got three points here real fast. The power of life is always greater than the power of death. Are you kidding me? Yes, the power of life is always greater than the power of death. Jesus was sent to give life. He was sent to give life, to adjust the fallen world so that through miracles and through the works of God, we could all be saved. You know, Jesus has absolutely or absolute authority over all things, not just some things, all things. Nothing is greater than our Lord. Nothing. In the worst of times, we know that we can call out to him, Lord, help us. 
And it, sometimes it, it may take a little bit longer, right? But he'll be there for us. And number three, with Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. With Jesus, I'm going to say that again. With Jesus, the impossible. The impossible. What's impossible in your life? What's impossible in your life? Well, guess what? It can become possible. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. Like I said, I'm ready to see miracles. I'm ready. I'm ready, and I hope that you are too. You know, Pastor Chris spoke a couple weeks ago about a vision that he had had from God. And if you weren't here, please go back and, and watch that whole entire service. I promise you, you will have church in your house. But Pastor Chris spoke a few weeks ago about a, that vision that he had from God. And I hope you haven't forgotten. I hope you haven't forgotten that. You know, to see these things come to fruition, that's called impossible, become possible. But guess what? We must host the Lord's presence in this place. We must host the Lord's presence in this place. Allow his Holy Spirit to do good works in this place. You know, Mary and Martha, they were not ready. They weren't. They were concerned, but who wouldn't be concerned in that moment? But all I have to say this morning is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He would not be concerned. He wasn't concerned in the moment. And just in that moment, the Lord said, get up, Lazarus, and walk. Are you ready? Go ahead and stand up with me this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready? I think we, some of us need a gut check this morning. Are you ready to see what God can do in this place? Are you ready to see miracles? I'm ready to see sons and daughters come back home. I'm ready to see people that have no idea who Jesus is walk into this place and learn who he is. I'm ready to see the lame walk again. <laughs> come on. I'm ready to see miracles. I'm ready. My heart is ready. And I hope yours is as well. I want to read this again. The power of Jesus was so instant that Lazarus was raised from the moment Jesus began to speak his name. It can happen, folks. It can happen. Can we speak the name of Jesus this morning? Come on.